What's up, everyone? Today's podcast guest is Michael Richeson. He is a content creator, marketing consultant. He's worked with massive corporations, startups, currently working with mid-sized companies. And we just talked about content creation and sort of got into a little bit more of the specifics of that. He's been on the podcast before. If you haven't checked that episode out before, you should. I'll leave the link. We were doing audio only at that point, so I'll leave the the Spotify link um, in the show notes. But he had awesome, awesome stuff to say. I learned a ton. So um, I hope you enjoy it too and get value out of it. Thanks, as always, for listening. And here's the episode. Welcome to Little Pod That Could. My guest is a returning guest today. Mike Richardson is back. Um, I didn't tell you this until we started rolling, but the episode that we did uh, actually was is probably one of the ones I get that gets referenced the most as far as people are like, wow, it was a really interesting interview. Yeah. They liked what you had to say. So yeah, it was, and I don't even think I told you that ever, which I probably, probably would have been good to message you that at the time, but yeah. you know, anyway. So yeah, so anyway, welcome back. I'm sure people will be excited show. that you're Friend back. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, we said you're still in New Hampshire. You're still making content. And this is kind of why we got back on the pod was because I just started kind of talking to you about content stuff. And you were like, yeah, you know I mean? If you wanted to ever chat about it on the pod again, we could. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Because I, I do think a lot of my audience is besides my family is uh, small business owners and business owners so i mean i do think that there's something to be said for content creation with businesses and i kind of want to pick your brain especially on small businesses um but anyway that's uh, that's a long introduction could you just kind of talk about what you've been doing since we talked last which was i believe two years ago it's that long ago already man i think so yeah yeah, that's crazy. Uh, let's see, yeah. what have I been up to? Uh, kind of the same stuff. I just, you know, I do a lot of marketing. I've leaned really heavily into um, video even more. So, um, to be perfectly honest, was that a conscious just, choice, or yeah, was that something extremely. that okay? Yeah, like I love, I love to shoot and I love to create. Um, and videos, like, there's just so many moving parts to it. Um, and like, you don't have to make it complicated, but I like to. Um, and like, I just, I obsess over like lighting and, you know, compositions and shooting. And I just find that it's such a, it's such a challenge that I really enjoy. It's like a puzzle that you have to figure out every single time. And it's like, um, I just love it. And I really hate marketing. <laughs> hmm. I hate it so much. Um, it's um, why probably a lot of it has to do with the people involved with it. Um, in the sense that like a lot of them are just completely full of shit. Um, I, I don't, I my should I watch my mouth? I don't remember. No, no, not at okay. all. Um, and I want to be unprofessional on your podcast. Yeah, no, that's um, the, it's, it's mostly just, I think that it's, it's gotten so convoluted and so full of smoke and mirrors and so full of people who are aggressively ignorant that I just don't like being a part of it very much. I just find that it's like, it's people actively lying to people in order to sound smart. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I've just kind of gone like this a little bit and just said like, that's cool. I'm just going to come over here and just make stuff that actually moves the needle for you. And I'm not going to get involved. That's just, I don't want to. 
And that's that is the thing I noticed too, because I dabbled in marketing for a little bit, and that was sort of what I I was like, man, these people are just lying to make sales, and then when they make sales, they're not really delivering anything, and mm-hmm. then it's like they so then it makes people that are actually trying to do it right makes them look bad, and because they've had people have had bad experiences, they're more hesitant to enlist mm-hmm. the help of you know someone who could help them move the yeah. needle. So yeah. yeah. Have yeah, you so I just find that, video is. Has, uh, go ahead. Sorry, have, have you noticed that trending upward, or has that been the way it's been for the last fifteen years? Oh, it's been that way for forever. I mean, I've been I've worked with agencies okay. for so long that it's most of them are kind of the same in that sense that they're like agencies for the most part are um, they're sales organizations with really terrible fulfillment <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's kind of it like they like they like if you look at most agencies they they don't even know how to market themselves they're just really good at selling they're good at powerpoint and selling that's kind of it yeah hmm. okay so what do you do what would you say differentiates what you do from what i would say 95 percent of other marketers are doing well, and not well, even think, marketers, but people in the marketing space. Yeah, I, I think there's this, I mean, I love it. It's a, it's an awesome trend. It's only going to continue to grow in the sense that companies are now sort of, rather than looking at marketers so much, they're starting to look at creators, at people who like have done it. Because when I talk about TikTok or YouTube or video or whatever, I have a portfolio a mile long of examples that mm-hmm. I can go like, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this. And I, I say this all the time, but it's like, if it's not repeatable, it's not reputable. So it's like, just because somebody did something once and now they packaged it up as like some proven formula for marketing, it's just nonsense. Um, and a lot of it. So, you know, for me, I just, I don't really sell theory. I don't sell people, you know, high in the sky, whatever I go like, look, I'm in the trenches of this stuff every day. You can just hop on my accounts and look at what I do. Um, mm-hmm. and if you want me to do that for you, great. If not, okay. And is that kind of what you use as a portfolio is like, do you point them to like specific pieces of content you've made or do you just say, Hey, run through my YouTube channel or how do you approach um, that? I tailor it. So, um, like I'll, sometimes build like a landing page specifically like if i'm going to pitch like you know corporate style video you know they don't want to go look at my youtube channel and watch me play guitar like mm-hmm. even though it's really well done and it has a hundred thousand views or whatever they just go like i don't get it you know what i mean and like marketers are they're easily confused because they're not creative types for the most part and so they don't really mm-hmm. understand the value of that skill they just go like i don't get it and then they're out um and so i'll go build a website just a simple one page website that only has the examples that I go like you will relate to this this is the stuff that you want here's how I do it um, and then I'll email them and just pitch them that otherwise you know some companies if they're a little bit more like I've been working with this puzzle company um, and they're a little bit more obviously visual than other companies and so for them I can go like yeah here's here's a bunch of stuff that I've made for product companies um, but yeah, I'll tailor it. I don't just go, Hey, go check out my Instagram. Hmm. Okay. And then when you're working, I don't, do you work with very many small businesses now? Or do you kind of live in the realm of mostly big corporations? Um, 
I mean, yes and no. So like I've worked, like I just helped this medical company. I mean, they would be considered a, a small business for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but they have a pretty decent sized budget, but for the most part, um, I also, I used to do a lot more with like the big companies, but that just wasn't really my wheelhouse. Um, so I, I do more of like the, those companies that do like, you know, 10 to 60 million a year, like that range, I tend to do quite okay. a bit with. And is that because you found there, there, there's less bureaucratic stuff, so it's easier to work with or like, why, why have you kind of settled in on that specific demo? Uh, for two reasons. One, I, <clears throat> so I just found that like, those are the people that I could provide the most value to. So small businesses, they don't have budgets. And if they do have, if they do pay you money, it's like their last dime and it has to work. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just, they just don't have the ability to sort of like experiment as much. So with small businesses, what I'll do is I'll just teach them rather than go like, I'll provide, I'll do the service for you. I will, I will help you, you know, be good at that so that you can go do it. You have more time than money. Great. Um, you know, and a lot of them do awesome. Like they can be amazing at it. The giant companies, yeah, it takes, you know, six months to get anything done. A lot of them, you know, they work with like big production houses and I'm not really into that. So they used to just hire me. I would put together the ideas and the campaigns and then just pass it off, Hmm. Um, which is okay because you get to do like big work, but you don't really see anything through. It's just you just pass it off and sometimes it happens and sometimes they drop $500,000 or something and it never sees the light of day. And you're like, oh, that sucks. So for me, I just found that like these companies that like they have real budgets, but they don't necessarily have an internal creative team um, that can do what I do. Like a lot of times I'll come in and either work with their team to sort of like round out that skill set or I'll just go just I'll do it for you and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. One of the things that I've as I've kind of been looking at like resumes and uh, kind of how stuff is happening now it strikes me as weird as, you know, it would almost working with those big companies would probably open doors for you. I, I guess I'm frustrated with a lot of stuff in just the whole corporate <laughs> structure, but um, it seems like, you know, like if you just walked in and said, Oh, I did work for Nike and, blah, and you just name drop these huge companies that you've done stuff for that. <laughs> they'd almost probably just like throw work at you. Like, Oh yeah, we could use your help for that. Like, have you noticed that, you know, when the, when companies see that you've worked with these other massively successful companies that you that that opens more doors than you would have expected or no um okay so kind of depends on the audience so if i'm if i'm pitching like mid-sized or smaller businesses like and i go hey i've helped shell and sony and nike and snhu and and you know they're huge budgets they go like okay well we don't have huge budgets and we're like a tiny company so they kind of just instantly go like well you you don't understand how we operate. So it actually doesn't open doors. They might go like, that's cool. Good for you. But like, we don't have $5 million to spend on a campaign. What are you going to do for us? So again, it kind of introduces confusion. Agencies, agencies like it um, because they are working with more of that size company. And so if you can walk in and go like, and it's not so much that you've done the, the work with these big companies. It's just that you understand the workflow of these giant projects. 
Hmm. That's what they like more because I don't have to, they don't have to like hold my hand and go like, oh, by the way, you have to work from a creative brief and here's your account manager. And I'm not going like, wait, what's an account person? You know what I mean? They just go, mm-hmm. I can just go, look, I know how it works. Do you want me to? <laughs> you know what I mean? um, hmm. And then the big companies, <clears throat> if you can get to the right person, um, then it, it can help. But some of those organizations are so Byzantine that like finding the right person to even talk to is really hard. Yeah. Okay. So I guess to, if we're looking at like, say, say I'm a small business owner, where do you think TikTok, TikTok? Okay. <laughs> and specifically, so, I mean, cause a lot of times, you know, older people too would be like, well, I don't want to be on TikTok. I don't dance or whatever, which it is evolving. I think there's less of that pushback now, but why do you say TikTok and what would you tell a business? What kind of content? should they start creating on TikTok? So this is a, you probably can't even see it. That's too bright. This is a doctor, a doctor's office. Okay. Um, and I've, I've posted six videos for them and they have 900,000 views and 9,000 followers in three days. Hmm. That's why TikTok. <laughs> okay. Like if I you're see. talking about like if you're a small business and you don't have a giant budget, you need a couple of things in terms of like social media in particular, you need organic reach. Mm -hmm. So Instagram's out. Facebook is out. Twitter maybe, but it's, it doesn't target geographically as naturally within the algorithm as like something like TikTok does. Hmm. And you need something with a shelf life so that you're not, just endlessly creating content that disappears in three hours. So LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok are the most discoverable, discoverable platforms by far right now. Hmm. Um, okay. If you get hooked up within their algorithm, they will show you to a nearly infinite amount of people if you hit the right, hit the right target. So mm-hmm. um, if you need that reach without massive budgets, like those are the three platforms for sure. Now, when you're saying you're creating content for this doctor's office on TikTok, people would probably be like, well, that's weird. What kind of, so what is your strategy for what kind of content you're having them or you're creating, are you creating the content for them at this point? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. the, so they're, you're filming everything, you're editing everything, you're coming up with the concepts, all that stuff. Okay. So, what, so yeah. So what I did was I built them a studio. Um, like across the street from their practice, basically in this office park. So they rented out a, a space. I turned it into a, a recording studio for them. I, they were just like, here's what I want. And I said, what's your budget? They told me, and I said, great. I got the cameras, the lights, the mics, the furniture, the set design, everything. Built it for them. And then every Monday I go in and I film them. Um, and I go, okay, what are the topics this week? We hash it out. You know, we come up with a quick structure and then they, there's two of them and they sit down and it's podcast ish. Okay. With a little bit more structure in the sense that they are like teaching information. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the whole thing is around like pregnancy and women's health and this kind of thing. So they have a very clearly defined audience. So I film, you know, they'll do five, six topics on a Monday night. I'll chop them up and edit them so that there's a YouTube version. There's an Instagram reels version. There's a TikTok version 
And if they want to post them on LinkedIn, great. If not, no worries. So then I chop everything up, get it ready for them. And because they just don't understand TikTok at all, I was like, look, I'll just post it for you. Um, mm-hmm. And then everything just goes live throughout the week. Okay. And when you say they don't understand, like they don't understand how to, they haven't made a TikTok account on their own. So you're just, I'll just do all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, cause I guess, and it's I guess nothing fancy, one of the by things, the way, it's just two people sitting at a, I mean, it's nice. It looks amazing, but it's like, it's just two people having a conversation about what they know. There's no, and that's training, what I was going to ask. Nothing. I was going to ask. Yeah. I mean, does the algorithm find the people does, is TikTok's algorithm so good that it finds people that would be interested in that? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're getting this massive. I mean, I use hashtags and, and do all that stuff. I mean, I give it as many uh-huh. signals as I can in terms of like, who's going to like it. But basically most of these algorithms anymore, they take direction from humans. So like if you make a shitty piece of content, the algorithm is not going to reward you <laughs> just because mm-hmm. you made shitty content. But if people, what it does is it shows it to a select group of people that it thinks is roughly that right audience. And if they show the algorithm that, Oh, I watched this more than once, or I watched the whole thing or I engaged with it, or I saved it, or I shared it. Then the algorithm goes like, oh, okay, people like this. And then it goes like this. Okay, mm-hmm. show it to more people. And if the same thing happens, it just goes like this, 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 this. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting, like like yesterday, we were getting literally a thousand views a minute. Hmm. Just wow, for hours. It was just going yeah. on. And so it's just like it figures it out and then it just blasts it out. And that's kind of the power of those platforms. One, I don't know if you consume TikTok at all, but it is, I mean, it will, it's a time suck. Like it will draw you in and show you all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't know I liked that, but apparently I like that now. Like, it's just, it's in, like, to me, TikTok is like the best, the best place to lose time, you know, anywhere on the internet. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's like the most genius design social app ever so far i mean yeah by far it kind of scares me it's like it's so good and and the funny thing is that it's like it it had more traffic than google last year like it was the first time in like 15 years that a site had more traffic than google the watch yeah. the watch time on tiktok is now higher than youtube wow and you're talking about 15 to 30 second videos so the, the rate of consumption on tiktok is massive and there's like a billion people on it so when i i and i hear this all the time I go, oh my audience isn't on tiktok and i go oh mm-hmm. i didn't know your demographic was the entirely off-grid people of pacific islands like what are you talking right. about like, right like your audience isn't on tiktok and this is the same shit that happened when you know youtube was early and Mm-hmm. Facebook was early. It was oh, Facebook's for like drunk college photos and YouTube's for like mm-hmm. stupid cat videos. And you're like, yep. Okay. Like, but we, <laughs> it's like, we have this like repeating cycle now where like, yes, at the beginning it's adopted by kids because they adopt things faster than the rest of us. And right. they're going to do stupid shit that kids do. And then it matures over time. TikTok has matured so fast. And like the, the fastest growing demographic is people over 40 on TikTok right mm. now. So it's like this idea that like, oh, my audience is not TikTok. It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. You're going to have to give me some good information to, to back that up. The pushback I always have on that stuff too is like, well, even if your audience isn't on there yet, like in the example of these doctors that specialize in pregnancy, it's like, well, girls that are 18 now in five years are going to, some of them will start having kids and they will be, you know, your audience. So if they see you now as like this expert in pregnancy and 
whatever, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to be more willing to use your service. So, I mean, just because your audience may not specifically be on it right now, you know, five years from now or 10 years from now, they will be. I mean, they are, they are right now. They might not be creating content right now, but they are watching TikTok right now. Like a hundred percent they are. And it's like, and if you, and if you do want to run something like ads, like TikTok ads, like I just did a campaign, Mm -hmm. um, for this puzzle company that we were getting, uh, views for a third of a penny each. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. It's like you can spend a hundred dollars and get 3000, which is how views. Facebook was, you know, five, six years ago. Right. Right. I mean, it it was undervalued attention at that point too. Um, you brought up a couple things. What do you think about Gary V? Give me your take on him. I like Gary V. Okay. So I you're, think, you're on it. I mean, he, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, he, I think if you catch sound bites of Gary V, you can get some wildly bad advice. But if you actually look at sort of like the whole big picture of what he talks about, I think he's spot on. Like making content is building relationship at scale. Like anything, any problem that your business is facing, I don't want to say any, but most problems that any business or any content creator is facing get solved by more people knowing that you exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, if you can be good and be frequently good, you're just way ahead. You're way ahead. Yeah. And I've noticed too, that a lot of times he'll hide some of his best stuff, like in his books or, you know what I mean? So it's like the people that actually dig, mm-hmm. cause you're right. I do think he's polarizing because most people are only consuming little bits and pieces of what he does. But like when yeah. you look at, his overall bigger message. There is a lot of stuff there. I do kind of wonder though, what do you think about? Cause so he'll get asked that question a lot. Was well, it more important to have quality or quantity content? And you know, he, he has a way to kind of say both. Right. Yeah. But it, you know, when people try to nail him down, he will say that quantity, like continuing to make content is, is King. And I was wondering what you, because I was thinking about like, especially from a small business perspective, if, you know, for you, you, you know, you're talking about this doctor's office, you're making their content, you're editing it. You know, if someone doesn't have that budget, they're like, well, should I do anything on TikTok if I can't have, if I can't afford to have someone edit it really nicely and make sure the setting's right and the color's right, should I even do that? You know, yeah. what do you think about, like, what does the, how good of the, does the quality need to be? Sorry, it's a really long question there. I don't know. So there's a couple answers to this. So to the Gary V point, um, you know, quality versus quantity. Sure. Like if you are Mark Rober, I don't know if you know who he is, but yes, he, yeah, I do. He's, yeah. He is a genius and he can yeah. make one YouTube video a month, but he spends six figures on it and has a team of people. And it's unreal. If you can make <laughs> that, then yeah, do one a month. You're going to be fine. That's mm-hmm. almost nobody. So, you know, if you are, this is a great example. There's this company called Poppy. It's an ener- energy drink, I think. Um, and they were on Shark Tank. And when they okay. went on Shark Tank, they had, you know, it was like a record sales day or whatever because they were, they were on Shark Tank. Sure. The owner of the company, the founder, she made a TikTok video one day with her cell phone. And she went, hi, I'm the owner of Poppy. Let me tell you about my company. Da, 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 da. That video broke the single sales day record compared to Shark Tank. There hmm. are... There are so many reasons that people do or don't like content. 
and what kind of camera you're using is not on the list. It's just not. Hmm. So, you know, your ability to connect with another human being through a lens is way more important than what that lens is attached to. Your ability to help somebody solve a problem or make them laugh is so much more important than what kind of camera you're using. So it's like, for me, it's, it's never that. Yes, you can make things look fancy, and yes, I understand why, and yes, I like doing that. Clearly, I have an idiotic setup for a Zoom yeah. call. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I like it and, it, and it makes me happy, but that has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not somebody sits down with you for five minutes a day and listens to you talk. It just doesn't. Hmm. Okay. So then I guess that leads to the question, leads to the question of how, how do you make content that, cause I mean, I'll say like when, when we wrapped the podcast, I'm always like, all right, that was great. Perfect. Sounded awesome. I think we had some really good stuff in there, but then, you know, it's obviously not getting a bunch of traction, but David Dobrik could do a podcast and get millions and millions of views, you know, because he is already in that space. You know I mean? He was making YouTube content and blew up there. So I guess I'm wondering too, how do you make more engaging content? Um, that's a really great, that's a great question. I, Okay. I look at it a handful. Yeah, I, I thought you, I was like, I hope you don't think I'm an idiot. For no, no, no. <laughs> like that's kind of, it's like, that's the question really. Um, yeah. I think there's a, a couple of things. One is your ability to be good at the medium, whether that's video or writing or podcasting or whatever. Like this is going to sound super terrible. And I, I apologize to whoever this person is, but I mm-hmm. tried out some podcasts the other day and the guy it was a podcast that I'd been listening to for quite a while. Their host got a new job, whatever. So they replaced him with this dude who has like a pretty significant speech impediment. Hmm. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't listen to this for, for, it's just, it was so, I just couldn't. And maybe that makes me a terrible person, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, dude, this is not working out. This is just not working. And same, you know, I, so it's for me, it's like, you know, are you a good, are you a great writer? Are you, but it's just pick one and be good at it. So one mm-hmm. is just getting comfortable with the medium and practicing and like staring into a lens and connecting with another human being. Thankfully I've done it so many times now that it, it's kind of like second nature to me. I don't really even think about it anymore. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Sorry. I'm, I want to jump in though, because this is a question I think people would want answered. So how do you tell if you're good though? Right? Because like I said, people be like, oh, the podcast was cool. But you're like, maybe they're just being nice because they like me. They don't want to hurt my feelings. Like, how do you really <laughs> objectively look at your content? And because, I mean, if I look at the analytics, I'm like, well, it's obviously not very good because no one's paying attention. But, you know, is that the measure you should be looking at? Do you look at the, you know, someone says, hey, I really appreciate that episode. Like, how do you objectively measure whether content is your content specifically is good? Well, define good. I don't know. You just said be good at the, the medium. Like, well, yeah, well, so I mean, you're the, not getting. So there's a handful of ways to look at this, right? So if you're, okay. if you're consistently creating content and it's not getting any traction, there's only a couple of things that really it can be. One, you have a shitty strategy and you're executing it well, <laughs> which is going to get you nowhere. <laughs> you have a good strategy, but you suck at executing it. Hmm. Or you have a good strategy you're getting better at executing it and you just haven't done it long enough. 
Those are kind of your options. And so when you break it down and you really are honest with yourself, you go like, man, am I, am I getting this in front of enough people that I can make a decision on whether or not they like it? Or am I creating this thing? Like I just taught a workshop, um, like this five week workshop on content creation with this group of, uh, people. And like one of the things that I think so many people struggle with is that they're just flailing on the internet. Mm-hmm. They don't know who their ideal audience is. They don't know what their value proposition to that audience is, and they don't know how to deliver it in a consistent manner and a quality way that those people would actually like. And I mean, I think we talked about this last time I asked you, I was like, what's the value prop of your podcast? And you're like, I yes. don't know. And I said, then you don't yeah. have one. <laughs> yes. I've yes, that definitely happened. Then you don't have one. If you don't know who it is you're trying to attract and what they give a shit about, you're screwed. It, I don't care what you make. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna like you might get lucky, and you know you'll see people like, and that's why I say if it's not reputable, it's not reputable. Like you'll see people get lucky. Like that's not too hard to do on the internet. Uh, so for me, it's like okay, maybe you got lucky or maybe you didn't, but can you do it over and over again? And so it's like. You know, if you can't answer some basic questions about why you're creating, it's it's just a fun hobby, and there's nothing wrong with that unless you want it to be more than that. Then there's a problem. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense because that is something I struggle with. I mean, I've had a, a huge gap between when I posted my last episodes and all that, but it's like I, I don't. I, this isn't something I'm really trying to do as a career, so it is more of like a hobby thing. You know, but then I'm like, well, do I want to spend this much time and energy just on hobby? You know, so I go back and forth. So I, I guess I'm having trouble trying to sort out. I'm, and I'm selfishly asking, like, fix my life for me. But basically, like, how do I sort through? Well, let's break it down. Who, the, are your, who are your last yeah. three guests? What were their, like, what were the topics? See, and that's the thing. Like, I felt like I should, you know, everyone says, oh, you should find a niche. And like, but yeah, if I, I talk to the same, if I talk to small business owners or the whole time I just get bored. I sometimes want to talk about the UFC or, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on in the NBA playoffs. And I want to talk to, you know, just someone who's done run a half marathon or whatever. So, so I don't know the last three guests were a leadership expert, um, a pastor of a church that was random just an old friend though. And then, uh, I think we did one on the NBA playoffs or no, not the NBA, something about like the mid season NBA awards. So that's what I'm saying. Like there's no real connectedness to, and then, you know, then you, right. Right. Some, so. some other random dude. So the, the whole thing is that it's like the conf- a confused mind says no. Every time they just say no. Yeah. So okay. if I hop on your podcast and I listen to a pastor and I'm like, oh, great. I love Christian shit. And then the next time yeah. you, they turn on and it's me and they're like, wait, who's yeah. this guy? They're out. They're gone. For, yeah. You know what I mean? Because okay. it's like, wait, I don't, I'm confused about what this means. So in the, in the sense of like people and I'm, I'm the same way. I struggle with this all the time because I have a lot of different interests and I like to yeah. talk about it. Is there a way to create a brand that has an, a bigger umbrella statement? rather than some really tiny niche thing. So for you, it's like, hey, maybe I talk to peak performers and Mm -hmm. that could be like, let's talk about the NBA. Let's talk about fighters. Let's talk about, you know, a successful pastor. Like 
but the, the format of the show has to be around that value proposition. It can't be just some rambling mm. conversation. You're not Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, and I hear that constantly. Well, I, Joe Rogan just sits down and talks for three hours. It's like, okay, you're not that guy. <laughs> so you can't yeah. do that. Um, you know, you well, can, and he started, he was more of like a peak performer. I mean, he started with like his buddies and stuff, but sure. when he really started to gain traction, it was because he had Ronda Patrick on and Goggins and right. he had these high performers. So yeah, I guess. Okay. That makes sense. And it's like, if you released a podcast, if he stopped and you released a three hour podcast every single day for the next five years, you would tie him. That's mm-hmm. how big of a head start he had. So it's like, yeah, you can't sure. look at these people that break all the rules and be like, well, they did it. It's like, no, they didn't. You're not them. Don't look at them. Look at the people on the come up. Like, what are they doing? That's working. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just, it's the same thing. It's like, if you want to have a podcast and it's like just a fun, cool side hobby, that's a hundred percent valid. I have a YouTube channel that I've spent thousands of dollars on hmm. as a fun side hobby because it yeah. gives me the, the opportunity to create stuff that I would normally wouldn't get to otherwise. And for me, that's a hundred percent worth it. So it's just like, you know, you just got to be honest with yourself. Like I, I had a call, I think this was, this happened after our podcast. So I probably didn't tell this story, but I had a call with a dude who's been on YouTube for I think six or seven years and he has made at least two videos a week for six or seven years. Dang. And if he gets 20 video, 20 views, it's a big day. Wow. Like that's how bad he's doing. So when people just go like, just be consistent, not if you suck. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I was because because I, I was that was sort of what I was asking about the Gary Vee stuff. He was like, you know, just the quantity. But I'm like, well, if your stuff isn't good though, it's almost because to me that's a turnoff. Like if I if I'm following somebody and they put out like four or five duds in a row, I'm like unfollow. Yeah. I'm not trying to see that. Right. So it's you know we had this call and I could and so I'm going through his videos and I go, oh, this is what you're doing. Clearly, like you can see the retention graphs. I'm like, literally every time you do this everyone leaves you and so youtube goes like no one likes this they're not going to push out your content to anybody unless you stop doing this and he got so he literally screamed at me like on the call screamed at me and i was like all right well you're done uh we're not working together anymore i i get that you're frustrated best of luck um so it's one of those things where like if you're going to be a content creator you have to have this weird mindset of i don't care at all what anyone thinks and I desperately care what people think because if you're going to mm. make stuff, you have to pay attention to how people respond to it. You can't be just oblivious. Again, if it's a hobby and you don't need results and you don't care, do whatever you want. It's, it's fun. But if you're actually trying to like succeed or grow an audience or turn it into a business or sell it as a service, like you have to be able to like show that you can do this for real because there's so many people out there that actually can that like, they'll just, you'll just get eaten alive. Right. Yeah, I mean, the number of podcasts now is just some ridiculous amount. But the silver lining for me, I always think, is that the majority of them haven't posted in the last 90 days. Right. So, I mean, because it is hard. I mean, so you like, you know, creating content is, is a lot of work. And I don't even do the majority of the editing. I do all the audio editing, but that's not nearly as difficult as the video editing. So... Um, at least the way I do it. So. I hope this is. I also. I don't want this to be a bummer. I don't want to bum anybody out. No, like, and and the that's, fact is, it's still a giant opportunity. Like there is no such thing as it's too saturated, or oh, there's so many podcasts, or oh, there's so many YouTube channels. It doesn't matter. There's 
there's so much opportunity and I want people to get excited about that opportunity. But at the, at the same time, you just, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and have an honest conversation about like your skills, your strategy, people's actual response to it. Um, and mm-hmm. just to, to be, it's just like running a business. Like you can open a business or like how Instagram started or YouTube was a dating app when it first launched. So it's like hmm. these things, you, you have to be able to pivot <laughs> to what the market actually cares about. And the only way you figure that out is by producing content and not being afraid to fail and, you know, just letting it slide off. You go, that didn't work. Like I have plenty of things that I post that I'm excited about and it's just sometimes crickets and you go, shit, on to the next one. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you just you just have to keep doing it. And there, it's it's a real opportunity and it's so fun and it's so exciting. And it's like when you... When you up when you upload something and you're watching it and all of a sudden the numbers just start going like it is so fun. It is legitimately like the best feeling in the world. For you know, for me. I, I love it. It's it's sure. it can be wildly addicting. But yeah. at the same time, you you don't need those numbers. Like I've made a lot of money from YouTube and I'm not YouTube famous. I don't have a mm-hmm. big channel. I've never had a channel with more than ten thousand subscribers. But I've made easily six figures off of YouTube. So it's like yeah. the the ROI of I mean, you'll you just you'll see it. Just pull up, you know, Instagram accounts. You'll see these chicks with three million followers and they're broke. Mm-hmm. You'll see I, I like I know people with YouTube channels that have less than ten thousand subscribers that do seven figures. So the mm. the ROI of one person can be dramatic and the ROI of five hundred thousand people can be zero. So like yeah. th- this numbers game that people play so often they're looking at the wrong ones and rather than just going like, can I have one meaningful interaction today? That's it. Can I, hmm. can I get one person out there to feel better, to solve a problem, to learn something, to change their mind, to just make them go like, oh, that guy's cool. Like, can you do that? That's a that's a win. If you do that over and over and over, at the end of a year, you have 400 people that think you're cool and know that you can help mm-hmm. them or whatever. It's that's why you do it. It's not because you want to go viral or any of that stuff. That's the that's the the cherry on top, but it's not the thing that moves the needle really. Yeah. Okay. So let's take that because you're right. We don't want it to be a bummer like, hey, if you can't hire Mike as your editor or your filmer, <laughs> you're screwed. Yeah, no. So let's take, like, if you were going to consult my podcast as a small business, what what kinds of things would you tell me? And, you know, this translates to, like, an average you know small business owner. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you approach trying to grow an audience, per se? Okay, well, what's... What's something that you do that provides massive value? In the podcast or just in life? Just in general. Uh, I think... Gosh, maybe I don't want to do this. No. <laughs> like, uh, hang up. Hang I up. think that I'm... Yeah, like, oh, sorry. Some technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty empathetic. And I... I'm a, I've had a lot of success coaching people. Okay. That's a great start. So, okay. Who, 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 what audience, what kind of person would you be able to help the most? Hmm. 
obviously we would want to define coaching and all that stuff. This is like a more abbreviated version. Of sure. It. But like, let's sure. say you're into, you're into coaching. I don't care what it is, but like who, who can you help the most with your skill set? I would say newer leaders and coaches. So you want to coach coaches? So, yes. Like a leadership coach type of thing. Yes. Okay. Kind of. Yes. Okay. Do these people have the ability to pay you money? Yes. Are they willing to pay you money? Probably. Yes. Okay. I mean, in the stuff I've been doing, I've been doing it all just for free. Cause I enjoy it. I, I really like coaching young coaches and seeing them have success. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've been doing it not in any, like not on scale, not in any plans of doing anything. And I don't know that, see, but like, if you think if I was just doing that on the podcast, like eventually I'd be like, hmm. you know, so that's yeah. always been my struggle because, and I, I don't, I don't know where you're going, but like if that, if you were saying, okay, that's the podcast you should start, it'd be kind of like, eh, I mean, I would want to yeah, do that for a while, but eventually I'm sorry. So, so I mean, I, well, there's a couple things. One, sometimes success just means doing the boring work mm -hmm. and too bad. True. <laughs> True. Might, you know what I mean? Like how many, like if you were, if you were coaching an athlete and they're like, well, squats are boring. You're like, get yeah. the fuck on the squat rack, dude. I don't care <laughs> yeah. if it's boring. Yeah. It helps you. It's good for you. It's going to make you better. Like do the boring shit. Most of this stuff. And I think this is what people don't understand being a content creator and doing all these things or, you know, a business owner or all these things. So, so much of it is doing the boring stuff over and over and over and over again. Hmm. Very little of it is sexy. There's very little that's sexy about like sitting down and trying to come up with a good video idea and writing a script and figuring out how you're going to shoot it and editing it behind the scenes. People only see publish. That, that's it. Yeah. They just see the publish button when it goes live and they go, oh my God, that must be so fun. And you're like, yeah, it can be. It can be really fun. It's also tedious, just like everything else. So it's like, you cannot want to do a podcast about coaching, but then you're not going to attract people that you need to sell to. Like, so sure. it's, you know what I mean? So it's like, you got to find a way, you know, make, make it, Make the format more fun. Like my YouTube channel, my guitar YouTube channel. I suck at guitar. I'm not good at I'm not good at guitar. Why in the world would mm, I You don't suck. I'm not you good. You don't suck. But no one like there are so many people on YouTube that are amazing guitarists. They yeah. pick up a guitar and they shred and they're incredible. I could never do that. So I knew from yeah. the get go, no one's gonna watch my channel because of the way I play guitar. Nobody. So for mm. me it was like, okay, how can I come up with a format? Like, what is it that I bring to the table? And for me, it was like, I'm going to be the best freaking guitar filmmaker on YouTube. And I was like, I am. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like, for me, it's like, I'm going to be the best person at like filmmaking and I'm going to incorporate that mm -hmm. into the thing. I'm also really good at storytelling and I'm good at turning products into narratives. And so for me, it was like every video I'm going to start with, the emotional appeal of that instrument and what that means in real life. And I'm going to turn them into skits and do all these things. And so for me, it was like, great. I have this format. I have my value prop and I know how I'm going to bring it to life. And that's why, it, that's why it worked because I created a category really of one that mm -hmm. nobody else was doing anything like this at all. The same thing when I started the gear reviews, you know, forever ago, nobody right. was doing anything like that in that space. So it's like, if you, if you want to reduce competition, just, create a category of one. And I know that sounds so flippant to say it's actually really, really hard to do, but yes, the more 
competition that you face, the more creative you have to be. So if you're going to be a life coach, oh my God, like the amount of competition in that space is insane. So it's like, okay, you're going to have to come up with something pretty cool to get the attention of people because you're fighting with the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins and the Mel, whoever, like all these people, you know what I mean? So I know we got off track. I don't even know what we were talking about, but like, it's, yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) So for you then, so like you, you know, you did have success, a lot of success with the guitar stuff on YouTube. So why did you stop doing that if it was crushing? Uh, It just was more of a time issue than anything else. Okay. Which, you know, that sounds like an excuse, but it was one of those things where it was like, it was a fun side hobby. It was not meant to be a business. You know, I got to work with some cool companies and I got some free guitars out of the deal and I get to, you know, it was fun and I like it and I made some money doing it, but it was, you know, but now I have like this library of like highly cinematic narrative driven films that I, I have shown to companies and been like, Hey, I do that stuff. And they're like, Oh, that's awesome. And you're like, yeah. So it turns into revenue, but not through YouTube. And so for me, it's Mm. like, I kind of have this library of examples now and like another case study of like, by the way, I'm really good at YouTube. Do you need a YouTube consultant? So it's, it's one of those things where, um, it serves its purpose, but like me making those videos, I mean, those things take me, I mean, some I spent 80 to a hundred hours on, you know what I mean? It's like, they're, they're productions. Like I hired a producer for one of them. Like, it's just like, these are like real short films. Um, and so to put that much work into something that, you know, doesn't really pay the bills and isn't something that I even wanted to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I do them when I can. I get it. So that wasn't ever meant to be a business. No, 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 no. Huh? Okay. That makes sense. <clears throat> no, most of, okay. most of what I've, I don't really have any burning desire to be internet famous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't create content because I want people to, you know, follow me and know me all this stuff. For the most part, it's, um, this is the testing ground. Like I do it because I'm just fascinated by how things work. I'm fascinated by the platforms. I'm, I'm fascinated by how do you sort of crack the human attention code? And for mm-hmm. me, it's, it's just batting practice more than, more than anything mm-hmm. else. And so then I can go to companies and say, hey, I do this. Here's all this stuff that people really, really like. I'm clearly good at this. Do you want me to do it for you? And then you know, they hire mm-hmm. me th- that way. Yeah, and I do think that's how things are moving. I think college degrees, because of how expensive they are, have, you know, every year become less and less valuable. And I do think, you know, as the internet continues to disrupt stuff, you know, people, what you're talking about is kind of building an online portfolio, you know, and I know, like, even with this little podcast I'm doing, I've had opportunities and things happen, you know, at work or different spots where because I've had a podcast, it opens up doors because I have a skill set now that I've been practicing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you were talking about, you know, you're making these movies and then eventually you can bring them back up and they, they do end up benefiting you later, even if they didn't, you know, make a ton of money right up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I do, I do get that. Um, so let, let me close the were, loop though on that. Let me, yeah, yeah. so, you know, and to not, you know, to keep this really, really simple, cause it actually is not wildly difficult is know who your target audience is, know how you're going to provide them value, start creating the kind of content that does 
a bunch of things. I don't want to get too far in the weeds unless you really want me to, mm -hmm. but there's a handful of buckets of content that you should make. And if you're starting out, most of it should be in the discoverable bucket, meaning how okay. do I make stuff that people are actively trying to find answers for? So if I hmm. go to YouTube and I'm a, I'm a fi financial planner, you know, I can type in financial planning 2022 and look at all the videos that come up. I can go and go like, okay, what are they talking about? Why are these videos successful? Look in the comments. What questions are people asking? Sort of reverse engineer mm -hmm. like, oh, this is what people are, you know, looking for. And then try to create the content that like clearly people are searching for. That's the beauty of the internet. It literally tells you what people want. So you don't have to like mm -hmm. invent anything. It's just like, here's all the yeah. questions. Go to Quora, go to Reddit. Look at what the questions mm -hmm. are, things like that. You know, you can go to the keyword tools and Ahrefs and SEMrush and all that stuff. You don't have to pay for that shit though. Like the internet will tell you what to make. And then once you know what problems you solve, what value provide, and then how do I craft an offer around that? Um, there's a book called $100 Million Offers by Alex Hormozzi. Read it. Okay. Read it 50 times. Um, okay. And then once you can craft an offer, now straight, just start creating content. And some of this is going to be sort of the more formulaic, boring shit that you know people are looking for, but you're not like necessarily wild about all the time. It doesn't have to be the most creative mm -hmm. thing in the world. Like I said, these doctors are sitting at a desk talking about induction. I don't even totally know what that means. I chopped it up mm -hmm. on TikTok and it got half a million views. So like hmm. your, your threshold of, of boring is way less than the audience's threshold of boring. If you can solve a problem, that's not boring to people. It might be to you because mm. you've talked about it for the 8,000th time, but for the sure. person who's hearing it for the first time, you just changed their life. It's not boring mm. to them. So just start making stuff. You'll figure it, you will figure it out. It has to be rooted in the idea of like, I'm helping people somehow, whether that's mm. I'm being entertaining, whether I'm mm -hmm. teaching them how to unclog a toilet, Hopefully I can be an, an entertaining toilet unclogger on TikTok sure. or whatever it might be. If you sure. can incorporate those, you win. And that's, man, that's really the core of it. It's just, and then you get into the quantity. Quantity will lead to quality because if you want the best data in the world, hit publish as often as you can. You will get mm -hmm. no better data than real human beings interacting with you, responding to you, you just, just nothing better than that. So the more you hit publish, the more you'll figure out what's good, what's bad, what works, what doesn't. And then you just refine your process and then you're off to the races. Yeah. And I think that's, I guess if I was thinking of, you know, small business owners, you know, myself too, I feel like, man, just to create the content, like this was a process to like, you know, right after work, I'm going to, I, you know, so I was doing questions all, you know, since we decided to do it this week. And so there's all this time put into prepping for the pod that when I get done, I'm like, then I'm going to edit it. Then I need to do this. So it's like, I don't even look at the, I mean, I'll look at how many people have listened, but I'm not really looking at very deeply into how things are performing. Obviously it's all, I don't, when you were saying, oh yeah, it's cool to see the numbers just scroll up. Like, I don't, that doesn't happen for me. So I don't, I don't know that feeling, but uh, you know, I mean, I'll look and see, okay, this episode did a little better than the other ones, but there's nothing really, I don't spend that much time looking at it. Maybe that's a mistake, but yeah, but you, guess, you just told me at the beginning that people were like, Oh, that episode with Mike was great. Like you heard, yeah. you heard real feedback, right? Like, so yes. you can go like, Oh, okay. I know that, 
my audience or the people that listen to that specific episode, they're into content creation and marketing. Like Mm -hmm. that's a, those are real data points. Like it's not just nothing. I don't, I don't necessarily care if 8,000 people listen to it or eight people did. I don't care, but it's like the Mm -hmm. eight people that listen to it. Did it help them? Do they want more of it? And like, even this, like, you know, you're recording this whole setup. It looks cool. Like there is no reason you can't chop this up and put it on TikTok or put it on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. or, you know, cut it down into specific things and do it for YouTube. And I think part of, you know, one of the big struggles that people have is just like, Oh my God, it takes me so long to make this one piece of content. Like what the fuck? And you're like, okay, well Mm -hmm. don't make one, (laughs) take this and turn it into 20. And so like one of the things that we do with this doctor's office is that like, you know, every week we go, there are three topics based on this is what your target audience is actively searching for. Here's the keyword terms and the search results and all this stuff. We know people are looking for this. We know that people like drama, so we're going to do some type of react video to a birth or a shitty circumstance or a bad doctor or whatever it might be. And then we're going to do Q&A from the audience on the previous week's thing. So we record for an Mm. hour, but I end up with three YouTube videos, five TikTok videos, five to ten Instagram reels. You know what? See what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. if you can create the structure and you can be strategic around your content creation, you can shoot for an hour a week, an hour a month, an hour every two weeks, whatever, and fill your content calendar. You just have to be smart about it. The problem with that is that you don't, you're not able to sort of react and pivot as quickly and there are Mm -hmm. trade-offs to all that stuff. But I mean, there's no reason why like for this particular thing that you couldn't have been like, okay, these are the three questions that I'm going to ask Mike that seem to be really popular about content creation or marketing. I'm going to hit these three things. Those are going to be YouTube videos. He might say something idiotic or funny or whatever. I'm going to chop that up mm-hmm. with captions and it's going to go on TikTok. You know what I mean? There's no reason you can't turn mm. this podcast into a month's worth of content. None. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, that's the Gary V macro micro content mm-hmm. idea. I, you know, he did a, I watched this power PowerPoint thing, but again, I'd look at that and go, okay. I mean, so then do I scale back and just do one podcast a month and spend the rest of the time cutting up stuff because I'm, I'm not great with the The editing takes me, that's what takes me forever. Okay. Especially well, if I'm doing video editing stuff. This is like the unpopular thing. Get better at it. Yeah. Like yeah. you get faster at it. The first time I edited into video, it took me forever. And now what you're mm-hmm. talking about taking you a month takes me three days. So mm-hmm. like when I go film with this doctor's office and by the way, Fiverr exists, Upwork exists. There are people who live right. in Eastern Europe and Vietnam who will, gladly chop this up for 50 bucks and then you Mm -hmm. don't have to do any of it so it's like be smart about it it's either either do it enough times put in the work be bored be frustrated get pissed off at your editing software because you can't figure out how to fucking move this thing Mm -hmm. and just figure it Mm -hmm. out and the next time you do it it's faster and pretty soon you're just a whiz at it or hire it out Hmm. that's it and it's like there is no you know i'm not trying to like harsh on you or like be a dick or whatever no 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 this is yeah there are no for all the hacks and all the things there are no shortcuts you either do Mm. the work and you try hard or you don't and that's it and that's those moments where you got to look yourself in the mirror and be like is this for real or am i pretending because i really like gary v (laughs) Hmm. now do are there softwares that you would say are a little bit easier to learn 
You know, because sure. you and I were talking right before we started rolling about Da Vinci, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's this powerful thing. You're like, but if you just need to do, like, basic editing stuff, you shouldn't use that. So if there's people who are brand new like me, I mean, I have done some editing, but it was, you know, I mean, we're talking long, long time ago, and now I do it. I'm like, oh, I hate doing this. <laughs> yeah. So what is there? Because the last guy I was talking to said something about Splice, which is a newer like mobile editing thing. So if you were telling people where to start that have very little experience with editing, where would you point them? I mean, iMovie is free. It does almost okay. anything that you would need it to do. Super easy. Um, for me, my workflow it depends on the type of video that I'm going to do. But like for the doctor's stuff or like client work, you know, that kind of thing that I need to chop up in a hurry, I'll use Adobe Premiere Pro just because that's what I'm most used, used to. Um, it does okay. auto captions. It does all that stuff. Um, I'll chop it up if I don't want to like manually, uh, sort of do the captions so that they look all cool. I'll just take the video, drop it into, it's called Veed, Veed.io, hit auto transcribe, poof, captions just appear magically, export okay. it, put it on social media. Um, but yeah, iMovie Final Cut Pro is a, very powerful, very user-friendly thing. Um, but that's where I would start. I know there's a ton of mobile apps. I don't use them. There's like Adobe Rush that I've used. It's kind of annoying. Um, Splice, mm -hmm. OneShot, iMovie. It seems on too phone. small. Like when I'm trying, yeah, you know, I'm like trying to, and I, I'm probably too old anyway, but I'm like looking, I'm like this is way too small to try to add. I'm like, this is, I, I can't do this. I will but say that. I do know some people who swear by it. The TikTok editor is amazing. Hmm. That app is an incredible video it's a it's a genius piece of video editing software like it's so there's incredible. a specific tiktok editing app no i just use tiktok like or it's in the in the tiktok yeah now like i'm, I'm can, sounding i'm sounding super old god right seriously now, i'm older than you and even <laughs> yeah and you can dump clips in there and edit them and splice them together you can add effects and sounds and all kinds of stuff i mean mm. it's an awesome awesome editor um the downside is that when you go to export it, it's got the TikTok watermark on it, which Instagram hates. But like, mm. you know, there's yes. there's plenty of things. Like if you were again, if you just were like, oh, I just don't have time to do all this different stuff. It's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going all in on TikTok. It's the biggest opportunity right now by a million miles. So I'm, that's what I'm gonna get. Mm -hmm. And you just practice with it. They've made it wildly easy. It's on a phone, so it can't be too complicated just because otherwise mm -hmm. people won't use it. And it's a really, re they even have a desktop version where you can edit stuff. It's an awesome, awesome tool. Hmm. Okay. I might have to try the desktop version because I'm, I'm having trouble just getting my files to show up on my phone because they all, <laughs> they don't, see, don't, don't look at me like this. But it all, you know, like everything is uploaded here into the cloud, but Riverside's mm. mobile app only allows you to record stuff. So I can't see the files that I have. Oh. I can't edit. I can't interact with the files that I have on the Riverside mobile app. Oh, okay. Shout out to the Riverside people. They need to fix that. So <laughs> it makes weird. it a little bit more difficult because then I have to try to figure out, am I going to airdrop this or, you know, like how, what am I? So anyway, and then that's where I'm like, okay, I don't have time for this right now. So that's, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at in the process. I mean, you, you sound to me like, um, I'm going to diagnose you a little bit. You sound like someone okay. who like you get frustrated and then just stop. Yes, a hundred percent. That's not diagnosis. That's, that's that is that's, uh, that is a hundred percent. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> no, and it hasn't been. Uh, spoiler alert. 
Um, okay, so basically right now what I'm getting out of this is you're saying the problem is me. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Well, that's all of I mean, that's, I mean, 100% of my problems yeah. are me. I mean, other than the government. But like, yeah, most of my problems yes. are me. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I hear you. I do want to ask about, you made a post the other day about, uh, on LinkedIn, about vertical video. You said oh, yeah. it was superpower. I want to know yeah. why specifically you're saying why do you think right now there's opportunity for vertical video video because a lot of the problems that we faced in the past was if i want to make content for multiple platforms i needed to sort of tailor them a little bit in a sense for those platforms in particular what's nice about vertical video is that it kind of functions the same like if i make a tiktok video i don't have to change it for instagram reels I don't have mm -hmm. to change it for YouTube shorts. I literally make one video and I post it online. And because TikTok is its own thing and, and it's just, you know, blowing up and it's an incredible opportunity. Now all of a sudden Instagram's like shit and YouTube's like shit. <laughs> so mm -hmm. now they have their vertical, you know, video platforms that they're pushing hard um, because yeah. they're trying to compete super bad. And so like I can make one video Bam, and it's on three platforms that desperately want to show it to a lot of people. Um, hmm. That's why it's such a superpower. And on something like LinkedIn right now, you know, when you see a TikTok video on LinkedIn, that's a pattern interrupt because it doesn't belong there. Hmm. So yeah, people stop. It's just like it's a scroll stopper. Just seeing a TikTok video on LinkedIn makes people stop. They may not hmm. get into it and watch it, but it stops, and that's that's its own you know skill. So you know, I can make one video and now it goes all over the place. Like eventually that will wear off on LinkedIn a little bit. People will get, okay, it's another freaking TikTok video on LinkedIn. The fatigue will set in just like everything else. But I still sure. upload vertical video that's not a TikTok video, um, you know, to LinkedIn because sometimes it just works. And I don't even like vertical video, but um, it is an absolute superpower right now if you can be good at it because the opportunity is just, it's just so big. I cannot overstate especially TikTok. I know it's, you know, people go like, oh my God, dancing teenagers. But it's like, it is such, this right, like we are living right now. If you're one of those people that was like, man, I wish I'd started a YouTube channel in 2012. I'd be, mm -hmm. a, I'd be a baller YouTuber. I'd have killed the game. I just didn't start. Or like, man, I wish I'd have gotten Facebook ads in 2015. I'd be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. I'd be a baller. All right, here you go. The universe just gave you another chance. This is... Mm -hmm. YouTube in 2012. This is Facebook in 2015. Bar none. There is no way to look at this in any other way than just go like, this is a massive opportunity. And if you don't take advantage of it, it's not because you didn't know. You just didn't do it. And three years from now, you're going to go, fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if only I'd started TikTok in 2022. It's not too late. TikTok is brand new. It's early in the game. There's a couple years here where there's People are going to make money hand over fist on this platform and build giant audiences and monetize them in ways that you can't even imagine uh, the functionality with, within like sh how it ties into Shopify and shopping and the things that they're going to be rolling out soon with just e-commerce mm -hmm. and TikTok is gigantic. So I just, this is it, man. This is like, this is literally well, like even a the, gift. The ads are fairly new, right? TikTok ads are... Uh, they haven't been running for 
well, they, super long, have they? Well, I mean, they've been around, but they're they're uh, they've evolved a lot this last year. Um, just like okay. the the offerings, what you can do with them, um, they're incredible. Like I got I got paid uh, January February. I made a video for a company, and they just do it's called Spark Ads, which you can do on they're called whitelisted ads on Instagram. Where this company, mm-hmm. if I post something on my account, they pay me money. And then I send them a code and it lets them run my, my post as an ad for them, but it's coming from my account. Um, hmm. And so it's like, it's an ad that looks less like an ad because it's not coming attached to a logo. It's coming attached to a human being. So it's like, sure. you can literally just make spec ads <laughs> and post them on TikTok and then just hop on Instagram and DM the company and go, hey, you guys want to whitelist this? Hmm. Like you can make money wow. just on the weekend just doing that stuff. Okay. Interesting. Good there are. It's like there's just no excuses anymore. It's like I just. Yeah. I, I, I sound like the old guy shouting at the clouds, but it's like yeah. I just. I'm so over myself included. By the way, I'm in this camp too. Mm-hmm. I'm so over people going like, oh, it's too saturated. Oh, if only it was 2012. Shut up. It's now. Mm-hmm. It's right now. You have this giant opportunity, and if you don't do it, it's because you don't want to, or you're lazy, or whatever. It's not because the opportunity is over. It's. Mm. And are there rules back to the vertical video thing for a second? Is there is is it different than filming horizontal? Like I mean, obviously the the position of the camera, but is there are there things you need to keep in mind when you're making vertical video that's different than when you're making horizontal stuff? Uh, it's harder to frame. Um, okay, just because our eyeballs don't work that way. So mm-hmm. when you're shooting vertical video, you end up usually a lot of times it's just like a bunch of just nothing <laughs> like the top mm-hmm. third of the frame. So the framing is yeah. kind of hard. Um, I get around that by shooting on like really high res giant cameras. Um, but if you can shoot in 4K, all I do is I'll just I'll shoot in 4K, whether it's a phone, by the way, this works perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot mm-hmm. in 4K and I just shoot a little bit wider than I normally would. So what I can do is just punch in a little bit for a 1080p horizontal export. And then that gives me enough room where I can crop into a vertical video without it looking like a horrible, horrible crop in on a horizontal video. Um, Hmm. And that way I kind of frame the shot just like I normally would, but it gives me enough playing room that I can just go back in without having to shoot it twice or set up two cameras or do whatever. Um, One of the things that I will mention is like, if you're shooting vertical video, um, because phone aspect ratios are a little bit different. Most of them, it's nine by 16, but it's just a little bit different. When you're putting in like text or captions or things like that, you'd be really aware of like, one, the like the user interface, like TikTok, like the bottom third of the screen, don't put anything on there because that's where like all the shit is, you know, the music, the caption, all that stuff, mm-hmm. don't, don't put it there. So just be aware of that stuff. But also when you create it, a lot of the times it crops in on the image a little bit so just play around and look at sort of like, oh, this is my safe area where I can actually put stuff and it won't be interfering with the TikTok UI and it won't get cut off. But for the most part, mm-hmm. that's that's all you really got to worry about. And what about because like this, this records vertical or uh, this records horizontal. Is there how can you just turn something like this into a vertical video or is there something you need to do beforehand so that it doesn't look weird? Sure. I mean, you could either, you know, put our faces one on top of each other, 
yeah you know so you're not cropping in some weird thing you know you can do stuff like that i'll layer things like if i shoot you know i'll do this with um like instagram reels quite a bit i'll shoot horizontally but then i'll just create a video that's three panels it's three horizontal panels that make up a vertical video and the middle panel is kind of the one where i have the main messaging it's the main story whatever and then above it and below it is it's the b-roll it's the additional footage that just makes it look pretty and things like that. But like the main message or text or whatever is in that middle thing that works great for like product videos. If you want to do talking head stuff, that's horizontal that you can put, you know, anything else that you want in the panels. Like there's a bunch of different ways to sort of skin the cat. Even if you shoot with horizontal video, you know, turn that into a square and then use the gaps up above and below to add a color or add text or add captions or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. So yeah, there's tons of options that you can do. And is there, is there, are there creators on YouTube or whatever that you would say, Hey, this person is really good. If you're brand new to creating content or brand new to editing stuff, this, these people do a great job explaining that or going to serve anyone you would recommend for that. I mean like, like editing tutorials maybe more just like if if someone is saying okay all that sounds good i'm on board but i don't know where to start what would you tell them um i would ask a lot of follow-up questions like how to start in terms of like the technical side of things like with gear or I mean, because like, well, you were saying, like if they're audience, saying, like, right, they if they're saying, well, I'll use iMovie, <laughs> I heard what he said, I'll just try the free stuff and try to get good at that. More so, not more so, like, what's the first step in actually, I, I know, just create the content, but like, is there is there some place they can go where they can learn to make their content better that you would point to? Yeah, I mean, I would, I mean, I do this all the time. Um, Like I will, if I'm watching something or I clicked on something that caught my eye or whatever, I just analyze my own behavior. Why did I click on that? Like what about that headline made me interested in it? What about the thumbnail Mm -hmm. made it just, I had to click on this video to watch it. How do they start the video? Like what's the hook? Like what, what keeps my attention going? If I watch a piece of content or I read something or I listen to something and I just don't like it why like why don't I like it mm. just being aware of like your own behavior and things will give you so much insight into like what's good and what's bad like I keep a swipe file of things that I think are really good um, for inspiration you know just recognizing your own behavior and starting to ask those questions I read a lot of like copywriting books every video I don't mm. care if it's on purpose or on accident every good video starts with good writing Um, because good writing is good thinking. So for me, like so much stuff comes down to like, can I be a good writer? So, you know, if you want to be a, if you want to be great on video, become a better writer, (laughs) uh, which I know that's vague Mm. and sort of weird advice, but it's, it's super, no, that's good. Um, and then just look at the creators and, and just go, okay, why, why is this working? What's good about it? You don't have to know every little piece of detail about like the camera that they're shooting or the lights or how they edited it, things like that. Just ask simple questions like, is the pacing fast? Is it slow? Is it emotional? Like, are, is there music on this? Like, what are they doing that, that makes this so fun to watch or so enjoyable? Like, what am I getting out of it? Is it strictly that they're just so smart they blow my mind? Okay, great. Maybe that's what you need to do. Um, 
you know, and then in terms of how do I get better at stuff? Do it <laughs> like yeah. download TikTok and poke around, watch videos and go like, okay. And then just hit, you don't have to hit publish. That's the thing. Like you don't, but you do have to hit record and like mm-hmm. play with the app. It took me a while to figure it out. I even ended up like me and I'm like a professional video person. Like I hopped on YouTube and I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, how do I do some of these editing tricks on, on the TikTok app? Cause mm. I couldn't figure it out. And within 10 minutes, I could do it. Um, hmm. it's, it's not. It's not that hard. Okay. All right. Well, that was. I mean, that's a lot to unpack, and that's. I mean, that's the kind of stuff where I felt like last time we got more of like your backstory and talked about what the cool companies you'd worked with, and I was like, I really want to get more into the weeds of like the specifics of what, how you think about creating content. So that was really good. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, is there anything you want to that you're working on right now that you want to talk about or things you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I'm always making stuff. I just I just plug myself. <laughs> okay. Not, so, and how would people find you? Because I you I do you do seem to be I've I feel like more active on LinkedIn than you had been. Yeah, previously. big time. That was a real conscious okay. decision. Like the start of this year, um, wasn't like a resolution or anything. I was just like. This seems stupid that I'm not active on here um, when it's such a, a big opportunity. Um, so for me, I've just been really, really active on on LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, one of the things that I just I just got done doing it was like a pilot trial run of like I did this workshop with people who just they're like this exact topic: how do I become a better content creator? And so every mm-hmm. week we I would do a call with them. <clears throat> I had like a planned lesson. Um, and then there was a Q&A, they could ask me questions, do that whole thing. I would record it and give them the files so they could watch it over and over again. And it's been mm. really enjoyable. Like it was it was so fun to just kind of sit down and sort of, even just for me to just sort of process like, okay, how do I do this? Like I do it all the time. I don't necessarily think about it. And how do I break mm-hmm. this down into a way that's so much more helpful? And so little of what I talk about is gear. Um, it's funny mm-hmm. because it's always the question that people ask first and I get it. I understand why, like what kind of camera do you use? And it's, it's just like, that's always the wrong question that is mm-hmm. never, you know, unless you're Roger Deakins <laughs> or like a professional cinematographer or whatever, like what kind of camera it's, just, it's, it's never the right question. So for me, it was like, mm-hmm. how do I help people find their voice? How do I help people understand how some of these platforms work? How do I help people get better at being on camera how do i teach people to be better copywriters and that's really what we did Mm -hmm. and it was it was so so fun for me it was exhausting um and stressful but it was really really fun to just sort of see people like oh and then we do these exercises where i would be like okay this week you're going to write a linkedin post you don't have to post it but you do have to send it to me and then we would go Mm -hmm. through it and go like okay how's your hook how's your delivery like what's the ct at the end here's Here's the things that like this, here's why this doesn't work. And just watching people go like, oh, you know what? I literally never would have thought about that in my life. And you go like, well, yeah, but this is my world. This is what I do all the time. All that to say, I kind of want to keep doing that. Um, yeah. I might turn that. When I was just like going to ask, cause I'm like, okay, where do I sign up for this class? <laughs> like how, like, how did you find these people? Like what, what, like, yeah. Tell me about this. This is I just, interesting. I just made a post on LinkedIn. I said, Hey, look. I get a lot of questions about content creation. I'm not going to pretend like I know everything and 
you will not finish this course and go viral. I just want to set expectations mm-hmm. right now. However, if you are a little bit confused about how to get started, if you're not totally sure about how to make content that's good for the internet, then this is going to be good for you. So I just said, I'm taking five people. It's free. It's going to be a pilot episode. All I ask is that you show up every week. Don't sign up for this and then freaking quit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And so I had people from the West Coast. One dude is in uh, Austria, I think. And then a dude in Chicago, a dude in Florida, a dude in Toronto. Um, and so mm-hmm. just all these very diverse like backgrounds. One guy's in like AR for like libraries and all this stuff. One dude's like a military guy who's retiring and he wants to come out and do financial planning. Anyways, it was just mm-hmm. like, it's been awesome. Um, and that's just how I started it. And, you know, I've just, and then I asked for feedback. I say, Hey, is this helpful? What do you wish I talked about? Like what blah, blah, blah. And the feedback's just been like really positive. It's been, it's been awesome. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's a round two I want in. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Cause I do think, you know, like it's interesting because most conversations you have day to day, won't make you uncomfortable and think like, geez, I got to really reevaluate my shit. But like both times on this podcast, you've asked me questions where I'm like, uh, I have no idea, but I should, you know I mean? I'm like, I know I probably, that's a question I should have answered. Yeah. That's a good, I, that's a good point. So, I mean, I like that. I like the fact that I'm getting challenged. I'm being forced to think about things that I don't, spend a lot of time thinking about but are really important well and so, it's and it's fun too because so thank you so because like we did like very much more in-depth versions of what we sort of walked through but sure. we talk about like how do you define your niche how do you what does that even mean you're like mm-hmm. and what's that mean and like what is my content value proposition like you, you like we go really hard on that because it's like for me if you don't know that you're just flailing around on the internet i don't care what else you do from here on out if you you might get lucky you might spend six years making stuff on YouTube and nobody watches your shit. So we like, we mm-hmm. really figure that, that part out. The second module was all about storytelling. Like how do you be a captivating storyteller? And I sort of break down the myths of like, this has to be long. Like we, we literally analyze a meme and go like, this mm-hmm. is a complete story. You may not recognize it, but here's a whole story. And we break down like how it works and what that means and how do you translate that into longer pieces of content. Then we get into copywriting. The fourth module was all about, you know, getting comfortable with being on camera and making videos and some of the basic gear. Like for any budget, you can get going on this stuff. Um, and then we did a Q&A one. And then the last uh, will be like platform specific stuff. So it's like, how does YouTube work? Hmm. Mm-hmm. How do I be good at it? How does TikTok work? So we like we kind of answer some of these things. Um, and it's just been really good. It's It's been awesome. Is this something you could do as like a Udemy course or Skillshare or something like that? Do you think I don't know scale it that way? I wanted to do it primarily for me to start with, but the the feedback and I don't. This sounds like a giant promo about myself. I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I'm just I've been pumped about it because I feel like they've been they've been pumped about it, and for me that's just so rewarding. Mm to watch them go like, oh man, I didn't know that. Or like, oh, mm-hmm. or just to, to watch them go from sort of like these sort of confused, kind of timid, I'm a little bit nervous about posting to going like, I know my next 30 posts. Like, you know what I mean? To, to get into that, it's been really, really fun. Um, and so I think I might, you know, almost like I laid out for you in that comment where I go, 
you know, I just did something for free and now I'm going to get a bunch of glowing testimonials from it. And then mm. maybe I will package it and sell it. I don't know. Um, mm. But it's, it's that I feel like there's a real need for it. People do understand that being a good content creator is a competitive advantage in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And that if you can be good at it, you just get to write your own ticket. Hmm. Okay. So if people want to stay connected to see what the next move is, or if this becomes a masterclass at some point, uh, where's, where's the best way to, to stay connected to you? Uh, right now, LinkedIn, probably. Okay. Uh, just my name, Michael Richardson. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I am rebuilding my personal website <clears throat> just because, like I said, I, I build landing pages when I'm pitching somebody directly, but mm-hmm. it's not really like a public site that I just have up all the time. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So LinkedIn would be the, the hot spot right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's easiest cool. to connect and you'll see me talking about more of this stuff and, um, yeah. And I get to make fun of marketers on a marketing site, which is like one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, the reason I noticed is because I started, I saw you were starting to post more there. And so I, I, I have felt like I learned a lot from the stuff you post too. So, uh, yeah, I, I can vouch for LinkedIn has a lot of good stuff that you've been posting. Hey, let so, me, let me get yeah. some feedback from you. So I, sure. I do those little skits. Have you seen those? Where I kind of mm-hmm. like I set up the scene or whatever. Um, are those good? Like, are they? Yeah, I mean, I am more of a casual scroller, so if I look at stuff and it's a couple minutes, most of the time I don't I don't watch all of it. Yeah, most of them are like so a I'm minute, probably the wrong like person ish. <clears throat> yeah, even then, like especially on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I'm usually checking. Uh, if there's any cool new jobs that are showing up. Um, and then if there's people I know, because on I have a bunch of people I've connected with on there, but I don't even know. I have no idea who they are. You know what I mean? Maybe they worked at a company I was interested in or, or whatever. So I look for, I'll, I'll see your stuff. But even that, I mean, if I'm honest, I don't engage with it all that much other than like, I always like when people I know and I like their stuff shows up, I'll mm-hmm. like it regardless is try to help the algorithm. But, um, but that's it. So that's I a guess good point I'm, that you just brought up, like here's, a, here's a, another truth about being a content creator. You can be a really good content creator without creating anything. Like hmm. if you get on platforms like LinkedIn and you find people who have big audiences and you can leave a thoughtful mm-hmm. comment on their post, the amount of traffic mm-hmm. that you'll get to your profile is huge like hmm. you don't you don't have to be this wildly original super creative you know prolific content creator and that's that's the beauty of so much of this is that like when people start talking about their engagement rate i'm always like no no, no not that one not how many people engage with your posts what's your engagement mm-hmm. rate what are you mm. doing there's so much low-hanging fruit out there that you can just go literally find the people where you're be like that dude, if I can get in front of him or her, we got to be inclusive, you know, (laughs) that person, if I impress them, they will give me money for what I'm good at. Go comment on their shit. Just (laughs) talk to them. They're human. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't have to make this post that changes their life and makes them see their business in a whole new way. Just go talk to them leave a thought, leave thoughtful comments every week or something like that. Like, 
you know, you can, mm-hmm. you can be good at this in a lot of different ways and it doesn't have to be because you pick up a camera and are good. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good word too. Okay. Uh, anything else we didn't cover? It's your show, man. Is there something else you wanted to cover? <laughs> no, I think that's it. I mean, honestly, like I get to the point now where I'm like, crap, okay, I got to go back and watch this again and take notes. Cause when, when I'm actually leading this show, sometimes it's hard to like pinpoint stuff. So I, I've got plenty and there's a lot of, there was a lot of really good stuff in there. So I appreciate the time. Um, let's see. Yeah. I think that's, I think I'm good. Cool. If you're good, I'm good. Okay, cool. Hang out one second. I'm going to stop the recording.